You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Friday here on the PHNX Coyotes. I was about to say the PHNX Sports Podcast. Literally not the name of the show. The PHNX Coyotes Podcast. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. I mentioned it's Fantasy Friday and we are super excited for our guest today. It's the senior fantasy editor of NHL.com, Pete Jensen. Pete, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, really excited about the upcoming season, starting in early October, of course. And you're going to have uh, you're going to have the Arizona Coyotes, you know, still in the bottom tier of the league. Pete Jensen choosing his words carefully here. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's a it's an exciting season for the Coyotes with where they're going to be playing with some of the young talent on the team. Um, we'll see whether or not they keep Jacob Chikrin, but there's like so, there's still a lot of fantasy storylines surrounding this team. So I'm really excited about this interview today. I've been a fantasy hockey player. This is going to be my 10th season. I'm the commissioner of my league, so I'm really excited about this one. We're going to ask you specifically about Coyotes players and also just fantasy strategy in general um, because I'm the type of person when I draft my team, I try and avoid players from bad teams generally because sometimes bad teams can affect that player's stats. It's just it is what it is, but there are still Coyotes players. We saw it last season, Coyotes players um, who had great seasons. So I'm curious what your take is on. Oh, we're getting a beer delivery here. This is what our show is we're like. We're talk hockey yeah. and fantasy hockey and Coyotes. I need a beer. <laughs> exactly. Let me start with this, though, before we get into specifics on Coyotes. I, I hear I have a lot of people in my life who play fantasy sports in one form or another. And I always hear them talk about their strategies. But I've never really gone behind the scenes to see how the sausage is made from the people that run the sites. So why don't you give a sense of how you guys put these rankings together? Who's involved in this process? How many people? What does it all look like when you guys are putting all of this together? Sure. Well, it's a combination of me and my colleague, Anna Dua. You could follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Um, she just about six, six months ago. But we're pretty entrenched in this. We're covering all 32 teams, their prospects, their lineups all year round. So these rankings are updated on a weekly basis all year round. And we're kind of, even in the off season, you know, we, we get some trends after the playoffs. Then we correct some things and make some changes after the draft and then off season moves. And then, you know, teammate beneficiaries. And then you look at, contract years for the upcoming season and which guys you know the breakout players of last year Tage Thompson um, Jordan Cairo and guys like that like could they replicate what they did are they coming down a little bit this year there were off-season movers like Johnny Gaudreau um, Jonathan Huberto Kadri big names but I think uh, for different reasons their uh, their stats might come down a little bit so you're always looking at bounce back appeal regression uh, all kinds of things like that. Of course, sleeper upside, whether it's a rookie or a, just a young player that's maybe taken on a bigger role this upcoming season because of an off-season departure on his team, for instance. So that's kind of like what we're thinking. We also do our uh, point and win projections on NHL.com fantasy. 
And really, uh, if you're doing a fantasy hockey draft, you uh, will be at a disadvantage if you don't use that cheat sheet that we have on NHL.com slash fantasy because it's really, you could click on the sleeper list in five seconds. You could click on the, the mock draft and see where somebody went. You can see the breakout list, the rookie list, the, um, the bargains list, all these different things, the positional rankings. Uh, it's a really great thing uh, to make your life easier when you only have, what, 30 seconds or a minute yeah. to make your pick. <laughs> it's so um, true. I, I feel like everything's in the right place where you can uh, find all the information very easily. We have a ton of lists and all kinds of things like that to make your life easier draft night. Does it get heated when you guys are putting these rankings together? Are there arguments? Or is there disagreement? <laughs> There are some disagreements, but no, it's, it's, it's all in good fun. Uh, when it gets heated, we, we, we hash it out on the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, and that's another thing. If you have more time to devote to this, other than just you know maybe being a casual fan and getting into it on draft day, like definitely check out our season preview episodes of Fantasy on Ice. Uh, we're we're going to have like something close to 10 season preview episodes. We got Mock Draft 1.0 and 2.0, off-season moves, sleepers and rookies and keepers, you know, breakout type players. Um, it's, it's a really fun thing. Stat projections, we did a whole episode on that. So definitely check out those resources as well, uh, depending on how much time you have to devote to prep for your draft. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Check out the Fantasy on Ice podcast. You can find it on NHL.com. I always have the NHL.com slash fantasy page open. It's like Pete said, it's so easy to find. Petey was trying to find the list of rookies before, and it's all right there. So it's such a great resource. <laughs> we'll get more into the bigger picture of fantasy in a little bit, but I really want to dive into the Coyotes aspect of it. I haven't had the chance to peruse the top you know, 100 yet, but who are your top picks on this Coyotes team um, that maybe somebody could find value in Coyotes players in their fantasy team? Well, the Coyotes are one of those teams where, you know, sometimes you have teams get overhyped or underhyped. Like, I feel like the Coyotes, if, depending on what they do, they're going to be undervalued in fantasy drafts. You're going to be able to get a lot of these guys um, in the later rounds, Jacob Chikrin, we saw what he did a couple of years ago among the leaders of defensemen and goals. He has that type of ceiling. And even if, you know, you draft him and he gets traded, he might be going to an even better team. So you never know what could happen there. But Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz were great on the same line together last year. Nick Schmaltz, everyone remembers the seven-point game and then a four-point game after that, and he was close to a point per game on the season. I mean, that's the real deal. That's fantasy sleeper potential right there in a nutshell. If people are avoiding Coyotes because they don't think they're going to be a great team, that's fair, but Nick Schmaltz could still get you a point per game, and that's really good value. So that's how I look at it with some of these Arizona players and really, like when you look at a Shane Goss despair from last year, even though I've been talking up Chikrin, if Chikrin does get traded, Goss despair has a great chance uh, to maybe replicate what he did last year. He's one of the biggest surprises at the defenseman position in the whole e in the whole league, uh, eclipsing 50 points. We talked about the big names here, the guys that that our fans expect to see on the top of the stats board for the Coyotes this year. But there's a couple names, one that joined the team late at the trade deadline last year, and then one that just came over this summer in Nick Ritchie and Nick Bukestad, two guys that I think are going to have top six, potentially top six roles with this team. Is a player like a Nick Bukestad who who had an offensive upside early in his career, maybe with more ice time and getting to play with better players, is there a chance that you look at a player like Nick Bukestad or even Nick Ritchie in later rounds as being a potential a good pickup as a sleeper pick? Those are guys in a standard league. Um, you know, it might be different if you're in a league with a bunch of Coyotes fans, but most of the people out there in North America are not going to be drafting those guys. They'll maybe keep an eye on them on the waiver wire if they see that they're, one of them's playing on the top line with a good line mate. Um, it'll be a great waiver wire pickup for fantasy. Um, Nick Ritchie has some good category coverage from different teams that he's kind of scratched the surface with over the years. I prefer him to Bugstead, but Bugstead has had some nice uh, flashes through the years, depending on the team and the position he's played. I think he's pretty versatile. And, uh, you know, I know the Coyotes, 
address the center position in their draft, but it's probably not going to be in those guys very much this upcoming season. Time will tell. Uh, so in the meantime, you could see a lot of hidden value um, from a Nick Bugstad. Maybe you never know. Maybe a 45, 50 point season diamond in the rough, and and no one will see it coming because we have seen Bugstad produce in the past. But yeah, again with Richie, if a guy's covering the hits category, um, it gives them a high floor. Then if he scores 15, 20 goals, then you could start to see like something we saw last year. I mean, I thought another really great performer, diamond in the rough from the Coyotes last year, was Lawson Kraus. Yeah. He didn't even play the full season. He scored 20 goals, and he had almost three hits per game. 20 goals with almost three hits per game. I mean, there are not many players around the whole NHL that cover categories like that. So, uh, Lawson Krause is a deep sleeper and another guy that uh, a non-Coyotes fan will forget about for the most part in their draft. I want to go back to your mentioning of Jacob Chikrin. Um, what, why are you talking him up, Pete? You, you know the situation here. I'm sure you've read all the news. What, do you, what are you mm-hmm. seeing ahead for Jacob Chikrin? I mean, there, there are years left on his contract, so it really depends on what direction the Coyotes want to go in. I mean, I think... Jacob Chikrin's one of the better, younger defensemen in the league. Um, a contending team would love to have him. We know that. Uh, but if the Coyotes want to build uh, from the back end out and, and keep him for the remainder of his contract, like personally, I, I think that wouldn't be a bad move because uh, there are not many better young defensemen out there in the whole league than Jacob Chikrin especially from a goal-scoring standpoint. Mm. And I think we saw last year uh, with Gostas Bear's emergence, like he took on the offensive lifting, but the real heavy lifting was what Chikrin was doing. And it wasn't always pretty because he had to load. Um, but I think that Chikrin, uh, it says a lot about him, what he, what he went through last year, finished the season, I think, a little stronger than he started it for sure. For this year with a clean slate, you know, maybe at these games at Arizona State, it's going to be, um, you know, crazy atmosphere. It could be something where some of the, the younger players on the team really take that in stride and it creates a better uh, culture and atmosphere around the team in general. And um, I think that's something that could definitely benefit Jacob Chikrin. It's, it's a storyline that no other team in the NHL is dealing with right now, but there could be some positivity coming from it. And if he stays with the Coyotes, I could see it benefiting a Jacob Chikrin, that momentum. So I want to look at the rest of the league now as a whole. Obviously, there's the people at the top of the draft every year, McDavid, Matthews, Dreidseidel, et cetera. Um, so besides those obvious top players, what are you know some of the best maybe early round value picks that people can get outside of those you know top names um, and then some other, you know, sleeper picks in the NHL as well. Sure. I mean, I think there's a, it's a really great rookie class. So if we start with the sleepers, I think you could get a Maddie Beneers outside the top 100 from the Kraken. You could get a Mason McTavish from the Ducks outside the top 100 or maybe even top 150, depending on your league. And those guys have real potential to score 60 plus points this year. We have them both projected for 60 plus. So, uh, and again, those are from teams that are not most likely going to be playoff teams either. So, similar note about what we're talking about with the Coyotes just because a team may not make the playoffs doesn't mean they can't be extremely valuable in fantasy. So, another guy I really like, we always look at teammate beneficiaries, Jacob Vrana, uh, outside the top 100. His average draft position is extremely low. Uh, he has a new coach. He has a lot more talent around him. If he plays more with Dylan Larkin or more on the first power play, I could see Jacob Rana scoring like 40-plus goals this year. I think his ceiling is that high. And then to answer your first question, some of my favorite players in the early rounds with some value, I really like Evander Kane uh, mm-hmm. on the Edmonton Oilers, what he was doing last year, scoring at like a 40- or 50-goal pace during his time but the Oilers, they re-signed him. He's probably going to be playing with either McDavid or Drysaddle at even strength at all times. He's going to be covering shots on goal and hits at a very high level. So I like Evander Kane uh, outside the top 50. I also like Alex Dabrinkit. And really, I think another hidden team out there, maybe the most improved team out there, 
is the Ottawa Senators this offseason. We have them projected for uh, double digits more wins than last season, which says a lot because they play in a really tough Atlantic division. But they have now Alex Dabrinkit, Claude Giroux, Cam Talbot. They got a rookie hidden gem, Jake Sanderson, that could maybe contend for the Calder Trophy. So generally speaking, I feel like people are sleeping on the Ottawa Senators, and whether it's the guys in the earlier rounds like Brady Kachuk or Alex Dabrinkit or some guys in the middle like a bounce-back guy, Thomas Shabbat, Jake Sanderson, uh, Claude Giroux, Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris, the list goes on. Almost all of my fantasy teams this year, I'm going to be getting multiple Senators because I think they're really about to make a big splash, offensively at least. I looked at your list of breakout candidates, and one thing that caught my eye is the goaltender shuffle across the National Hockey League with goalies playing with different teams this year. Yeah. With guys getting you know new goalies and new places with new faces, are there any goalies that we should be looking for that get a jump start in their career by playing for a different team? I like uh, the impact on Jack Campbell going from the Maple Leafs where he was pretty good, I thought, regular season and postseason at large, but faced just a ton of pressure, couldn't get out of the first round. Uh, now he's going to the Oilers, where they should be one of the best teams in the league, really addresses their glaring weakness. Um, they haven't had a good goaltender for the past six or seven seasons, really. So I think uh, Cam, uh, Jack Campbell is a great in fantasy. He's actually going lower than where, where we have him ranked, so you could call him a bargain based on his average draft position. Alexander Georgiev could really get a big jump start because he was first he was stuck behind Henrik Lundqvist. Now he was stuck behind the best goalie in the league, Igor Shesterkin. But now he's going to the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche. So you could get 30 plus wins by accident on a team that, that's <laughs> yeah. that good. So seriously, um, I really like Georgiev as an obvious bounce back candidate. But you know, like Stutzla, who I mentioned earlier, just because a guy's an obvious bounce-back candidate doesn't mean people are going to be taking him in the top 50 overall of their draft. So you could get Stutzla outside the top 75 as a guy that could be a full-fledged breakout uh, point producer and goal scorer. And then for Georgiev, too, whether you reach for him or not, Georgiev's probably going to be out there after changing teams um, 75 or later, maybe even outside the top 100 in some leagues. Pete, you touched on a couple names earlier, but when you look at the rookie class, who are some of the players that might be worth taking a flyer on? Right. So I think I mentioned three already. I like Sanderson based on where he's going. If Shabbat deals with another injury, he has missed a lot of time with injury. You could see Sanderson playing some first power play uh, very early and often in his NHL career with players like Brady Kachuk, Alex Dabrinkit, who's a top 10 goal scorer in the league over the past couple of seasons combined. Very sneaky trade acquisition by them. I think Dabrinkit should be viewed as an elite player, and he's not always in that conversation. Um, and he could also be out there you know, with some great uh, power play marksmen like Claude Giroux, uh, Drake Batherson, and guys like that. So I'm big on Sanderson. I mentioned McTavish. And uh, Matty Beneers already. Owen Power is a big one, but he's a similar guy to Sanderson at the defenseman position where maybe he's not going to be on the first power play immediately because he's playing behind Rasmus Dahlin, who's a really great young defenseman in his own right. We'll see how they work those guys into the offensive mix and power play uh, as early as this season. Um, there's also Logan Thompson, a rookie eligible guy. He's 25. He played a lot last year. He played, I think, 19, 20 games last year and was really good for Vegas, even when they were kind of dealing with so many injuries around him and kind of crumbling as a team. Uh, Logan Thompson was a steady hand in the crease for them. And Robin Leonard's out for the whole season. So if you could look at a team that you expect to be at the very least a fringe playoff team, if they're healthy in Vegas, Logan Thompson likely going to be either their 1A goalie or maybe even a full-time starter. He's a guy that could get 25 to 30 wins uh, just because of the volume of games that he's going to be playing behind a very strong defense in Vegas. So, yeah, those are the guys I'm looking at. A couple of sleepers. William Eklund is a rookie for the Sharks. If he plays 
you know, top six in first power play. Also, same deal with Cole Perfetti from the Winnipeg Jets. I think those guys could really pop off this season if they get the right usage for their new coaches. Uh, David Quinn for the Sharks and Rick Bonus for the, uh, the veteran for the Winnipeg Jets after their coaching change. All right, I want to ask you this because as someone who's been doing this for a long time, every year I go in thinking I know exactly how I should strategize drafting, but from you, an expert, you know, and obviously it depends on which pick you end up getting in your draft, but what's a good draft strategy? Where where do you want to take the top players? Where do you want to take your first goalie, your first defenseman, if you're maybe not in the outside of those top three where it's an obvious you know, top three pick, what, what's, what's a good fantasy hockey draft strategy? Right. So the, it'll be easy for you if you get one of the first five picks because it's McDavid one, it's dry saddle two, then you could change the order, but it's either Matthews, McKinnon or McCarr at three, four, five in pretty much all the mock drafts I've done. Then it gets interesting where you start to consider you know, Kirill Kaprizov, Miko Rantanen, um, some of the other great forwards like uh, Nikita Kucherov, uh, but he's missed a lot of time because of injury in recent years. So it's, um, it's tough to get a pulse on what Kucherov is actually going to return for you, but he, he does have maybe the highest ceiling of any other player outside of Connor McDavid from a point standpoint. He had that one season where he had like 120 something points a few years ago. So the ceiling is super high for him. But once you get to the later part of the first round, you're really going to consider getting either Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Shesterkin because they're both playing for great teams, relatively short things, heavy workload, high save percentage, high floor, very safe. And after those two guys in the goalie pecking order, I think there's a significant drop-off from the number one and two guys, Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, to the number three, four, and five, where you start to consider names like UC Saros, Freddie Anderson, who uh, is coming off an injury last season, uh, was really good, but uh, Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders. You don't even know if the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. Same goes for the Predators. Um, Same goes for a guy like Jake Ottinger. So uh, long story short, I think you get... uh, Shesterkin or Vasilevsky in the first round and don't think twice about it and then if you do that really a cool thing you could do is like let's say you get Shesterkin uh, in the first round but you don't want to take two players from the same team in your next pick you could get an elite defenseman like Victor Hedman very easily or vice versa if you take um, Vasilevsky in the first round you could get Adam Fox as an elite defenseman in the second round so you could be pretty creative. So those are some of the things that I'm thinking about uh, with some of the different positions with early round picks uh, in my drafts this year. Okay, that's very good to know for yeah. me. Because <laughs> I, I get so stressed. And you, we don't, for my draft, we don't determine our draft order until like an hour before. So mm. you can't really. Gotcha. You can't plan too <laughs> much. And the other hard part is because of what we do and how closely we follow the team, everybody expects a expects us to do well like oh you've got to win the thing yeah you've got to you, win you your host a coyote, you host a <laughs> coyote podcast at- you know everything about exactly <laughs> so now i know exactly what i'm gonna do i'm going to nhl.com slash fantasy yeah and i'm just going and i'm like, listening to the i'm like pete take care of it for me and i'll do the work exactly on that note pete if you could just once again tell people where they can find your work in its various forms well, yeah, definitely go to NHL.com slash fantasy, NHL fantasy on ice podcast. You can see our work on NHL network as well. We're going to be doing uh, preseason draft special uh, the week of the start of the season. Also, uh, the week before that, the last week of September, we're going to be doing a YouTube mock draft show uh, on the NHL's YouTube channel, which will be really cool. We've never done that before. So we're looking forward to that big time. And also follow the fantasy accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach out directly to us, like my handles, NHL Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N. And you can um, reach out any time of day if you have your draft coming up, if you're thinking about a pickup during the season, if you're clicking around our cheat sheet and you're wondering why you know, uh, Matty Beneers is ranked ahead of Trevor Zegris. I can give you my explanation, hopefully uh, make you more informed, uh, not only as a hockey fan, but 
as a fantasy manager in your draft and make better decisions. So um, looking forward to draft season, looking forward to the start of the new season, looking forward to seeing the Coyotes playing um, in an awesome arena this year. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be a unique setting, but uh, I'd love to get out to a game if I can uh, out there sometime. So uh, thanks for having me on and uh, good luck in your drafts this year. All right. And, and fantasy lovers, you heard that uh, Pete says, if you're stressing over your team at 3 a.m., go ahead and <laughs> send him a direct message. Pete, yeah, reach out. Pete, thanks so much for Thank joining us. So really much. appreciate the insights. Thanks, Pete. Sure. Thank you. you. Thanks again. Well, thank you again to Pete Jensen. NHL. You guys are excited now. I'm so, I am like, want to go do my draft it's right now. It's still stressful though. It's like, stressful, it's still, but. If you're not in the top five and you need the top five pick, but if you're not in the top five, then where are you going? If you are in the top five, I is it McDavid? But I feel better now about if I'm outside of the top five, where I would draft. Yeah. Like that's where I always get stressed. You always, I always stress about when to take a goalie. Because you don't want to take a goalie and then miss on an elite player. But th- some of the things that he said that for me really stood out as things to think about when drafting is looking at how the teammates, like if you know that this player is on a line with this player, they're probably going to be yeah, you know, right. a high point producing line. So if you miss out on you know the one guy, if you get the other guy on the Kane line. Kane Brinkat. Exactly. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Used to be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but that's <laughs> yeah. why thinking about, and for me, <laughs> and I said this in the beginning, like I just, I usually stay away from what I perceive as bad teams because team stat, especially goalies, I wouldn't stay, I would not. Yeah, sure. for sure. Sorry, you Mamelka and right, <laughs> I'm right, not. Right, right. Wins. Yeah, you do, you need, you do need wins, but we saw, I mean, Keller and Schmaltz have yep. huge point seasons last year and that yep. can happen even on a team that's going to finish in the bottom third of the league. I'm intrigued by the Jacob Chikrin talk too, uh, yeah. because yeah. I don't know, none of us know what's coming with yeah. him. Is he going to be here the whole season? Is he going to be traded at the deadline? Is he going to, are they going to work it out and he's going to remain a coyote? And if so, what is his role? Like when we talk about the power play in particular, Shane Gostisbehere was running the top power play. But part of the reason that Andre said he couldn't have Chikrin on that, because he also had Bill Kessel. Kessel's gone. Yeah. So does that mean you can move Chikrin into that slot? Yeah. I don't know. You, you might you know, have some thoughts I, I on that. I would be surprised if he did. Yeah. Like I, I, I know... You look at the top power plays in the league, and most of them are running with one defenseman. One defenseman, yeah. And you you put the, the forwards on the flanks. Now, they tried Chikrin in the bumper or the flanks previously, and he's got that one-time shot from Does. the top. So maybe? Yeah. I don't see it. And that's when we're talking about fantasy, too. The other key to this in that in that early round picks, the other thing you really, if you can find out, and that made a little bit of homework, who's on that top power play of, of all of these teams there's a lot of extra points on that power play, and that's a big way to get into fantasy points. you got to get a guy that's on the number one power play, and that's the concern about Chikrin. So if, if it's Gostas getting that PP1 time versus Chikrin, you got to look at where that fantasy value falls to if you're not on that first power play because that's a lot of extra points, a lot of extra ice time. Yeah. So yep. that'll be a big key for, for Jacob. Can he find his way back to the number one power play? And again, just like we said on the last show, going to be up to him. Like if, if, if he's been working on his mobility off the blue line if, and his shot and, you know, force the coaches to take you off the power play, you know, make it difficult to be, you're the guy, you're the guy. So it's kind of the balls in Jacob's court and wait and see how training camp goes and see where he's going to be in these preseason games on power play time to see where he's going to fall during the regular season. Yeah. And one last note too, that he said that resonated with me was Lawson Krause. Mm-hmm. Not only did he get, all the goals that he got, but he's also getting hits. And when you're, <laughs> the people are waving at us through the window. That's why we got distracted for a second. Um, Craig didn't notice nope. anyone. Yeah. Um, Craig's down, but, he's focused. But you also get points in fantasy for hits. Yep. And that's an underrated thing. You know, sometimes people just think of points and goals and assists and saves and all that stuff, but hits are value too. So Lawson is a, a really, really great sleeper pick and that I am keeping to myself and I am not sending this episode to anyone in my fantasy <laughs> exactly, league. Yeah. If you're watching, please turn this off. I don't want you to know what I'm thinking about. Um, but Pete mentioned being really excited to see the Coyotes play in Mullet Arena. I know a lot of people are. I know a lot of people have been trying to buy tickets. Single game tickets are on sale officially. And I was perusing the game time app and I found tickets in the 80s, which is Something that I hadn't heard went from people's correspondence right. on Twitter. People were seeing tickets in the 200s. I literally saw tickets in the 80s on the Game Time app. It's seriously the best place to buy tickets, not just for sporting events, but for concerts and shows as well. It's the hottest new tic- ticketing site, and it's so easy to use. Like, it's just 
clean and easy and user-friendly. So you can save up to 60% on tickets, especially when you buy them last minute. It's great for the procrastinators out there like like myself. And if you love PHNX, then you'll love game time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So please, if you're going to buy tickets, click on that link in either this YouTube description if you're watching or the audio description if you're listening. It helps us out immensely. And as it's Friday, I hope he's prepared. (laughs) It's time for the DraftKings pick of the week. Sean, what do you got? Um, I haven't looked at the line recently, but I'm going to keep doing it until they prove me wrong. Oh, Buffalo, yeah, Bills, Buffalo Bills <laughs> yeah, spread Buffalo against, the, <laughs> against the um, Tennessee Titans. Two straight primetime games to start the season. Um, first time that's ever happened in my life. But the Bills are just a wagon. I don't think the, the Titans are as good as they've been in years past. So I think the Bills are going to blow them out like they blew out defending world champion Los Angeles Rams. Um, Titans are just worse. Hopefully, hopefully um, – King Henry doesn't stiff arm anybody into oblivion. Um, but otherwise, Bills are going to keep rolling. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. All right. Wow. There you have it. Yes, that's easy. Sean's DraftKings pick of the week. I actually won money on DraftKings last night with the early win promotion, which was if either team goes up by seven oh. points, you win your money line bet no matter what. And guess what? Every single person won last night because, because both, both teams. teams were up by seven Took at some point. Took the Chiefs till the fourth quarter to do it. Yeah, but I know. I was, I was, I was waiting for the extra point because that's the way my DraftKings luck has been going. So the the Chiefs get the touchdown to go up by six, and I go, okay, if this guy gets the extra point, I win. So the way I've been, I've not been on a heater. The opposite. So I thought for <laughs> sure they were going to miss the extra point, and I thought for sure it's going to be six, and I'm not going to hit. But he hit it, and I got seven, and I won. Yep, I won as well. So with my five dollar weenie bet, but you know. There it is again. The weenie bet. The weenie bet. That's my brand. Um, And you can win money on DraftKings too. If you bet just $5, you can get $200 in free bets instantly on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Plus, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion that we just talked about. Bet on any NFL team to win. And if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So it's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code PHNX when you sign up. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know what I think about when DP gets on one of his Bills runs over there? I think about how miserable this show could be if the Sabres actually break through and start to oh be a good team. Oh, no. Cause, cause we didn't even get to talk about the, Peyton Krebs, who was another guy that I, I noticed was one of his breakout guys this year with Peyton Krebs that got from Vegas in the Eichel trade. He's another guy that was on the sleeper list. Hmm. This Buffalo Sabre team... They're pretty good. I think so, too. Listen, They're going to be better. I obviously love the Sabres. You know, I'm always going to root for my hometown team. But at this point, I'm more invested in the Coyotes than I am the Sabres. Like, I know more about the Coyotes. It would be cheaper for me. I wouldn't have to fly home for a parade if the Coyotes win. <laughs> <laughs> there we go again. Yeah, so, unfortunately, uh, the, the playoffs is probably a little closer to the Buffalo Sabres than it is the Arizona Coyotes. Right now, they're, they're just a couple of years behind Buffalo in the rebuild. That's but, all. I mean, honestly, that could work perfect. If the Bills' window is slightly before the Coyotes, or the Sabres' window is slightly before the Coyotes, I could root for the Sabres, and then the Sabres can get their Stanley Cup. Blow it all up, and then the Coyotes can have their time in the sun. 100%. And it's fine to have an East Coast team and a West Coast sure. team, in my opinion. Yep. So, fine with me. Um, if you were on gophnx.com this morning, you would have seen Craig's hefty neutral zone. A pack a lunch. Yeah. 3,000 words. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't don't apologize because there is a ton of great stuff in there. We won't give it all away. Um, you'll check out gophnx.com to read the full story. But a couple of notes we want to touch on. First one, we've kind of been talking about every show all week long because it's still something that we need to know. It's that Barrett Hayton still does not have a contract and training camp is in under a week. Yeah. And Bill Armstrong said the other day they're basically in a staring contest at this point. So it's it's obvious that it's it's about money. It usually is about money. But as as we've seen so many times in the past, and even with the Lawson Krause situation where they were literally in the room about to start the arbitration hearing when they reached a deal, nothing spurs action quite like a deadline. Training camp opens next week. They report on Wednesday, get on the ice on Thursday. Do I have oh, yeah. that right? Yeah. So if something doesn't happen by then, then we're then we're talking about an entirely different angle. And Petey, if you, you've said this before. It's really important for Barrett Hayton to be in camp. He needs to be on the ice. Yeah, this is this is hard for me because I like Barrett Hayton as the kid. A great kid, works hard, does everything right. Career high is 10 goals, right? Like, I'm still, if, if he scores 20 last year 
and he's playing top six minutes and he's power play and you're going, okay, yeah, but pay him. I'm concerned. I mean, it, it, he, he had injury in training camp. Then he gets injured during the year. The year before he was hurt. Um, he hasn't been able to put together that string of games to show his consistency and the ability to put points up offensively day after day after day. Can he get people to puck? Absolutely. Is he a smart 200-foot player that can play in the defensive zone, kill penalties? Absolutely he can do all of those things. But until he can stay on the ice for 82 games or play most nights, stay healthy, and put up the numbers he's expected to put up, it's hard. It's hard. Like I, I, He has to be there on Thursday because there are too many other players on this roster that are looking for a chance to play. Yeah. There's new players coming in. There's old veteran players. We talked about Chase on coming in on a, on a PTO. People want ice time. McBain, Nathan Smith, guys want to play. And if they're there Thursday and Barrett Hayton isn't, yeah. every day he's not there is another day he's going to get behind. I hope they get this solved. I think this is a huge year for Bar- Barrett Hayton. And when this rebuild is done and they're out through the other end of the tunnel, you want Barrett Hayton to be a big part of what they're trying to build here. To do that, he needs to play. He needs to show that consistency. I don't know if it's a bridge deal at a smaller number. I don't know if it's a long-term number that they can both deal with. I hope they get it done. But it's Friday. So there's not a lot of time for this to get done. I know he's training. He's in shape. He's ready to go. Let's hope they can get a deal done. And by, by next week... This is a distant memory, and we're just talking about Barrett Hayton. What a great day he had at practice. So let's hope this gets resolved in the next week. I get concerned when it's getting this close. This isn't Keith Kachuk. This isn't Keith Kachuk that was putting up 50 goals a year and looking for more money in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's not what this is. He's got 10. 10 is his career high in goals. That's not what we're talking about. So there, there is a concern level here. I hope they get it done. Well, hopefully they get it done, and then you can draft him in your fantasy league as a sleeper, and he has a breakout season. There you go. Who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those. Um, you mentioned him, PD, but um, you and you guys talked about it yesterday, the signing of Chazon. Alex Chazon, yeah. There yep. we go. Um, but Craig actually got to know a little bit more about him, talk to some of his former... Yeah, I was curious. Just you, you, you always like to get sort of character references on guys just, just to see, because you, you look at Chazon and you, you think, okay... They're trying to replace some of the veteran leadership that they lost because all those guys are gone. So I reached out to two guys who used to be Coyotes, Alex Goligoski and Connor Garland, and they both had glowing things. This, like Connor Garland said, he's going to be one of my all-time favorite teammates. Love the guy. Hmm. They, he's a lot of fun. Def, they both definitely think he can walk into this locker room and and lead. So there's no guarantee he makes the roster, right? He's on a PTO. He's got to earn it. But when you, when you look at what he brings to the table – I guess it's it, it when I when I think about PTOs, normally I think, eh, we'll see. But with, with a guy like Chase on in this team, I think he's maybe got a little better shot of making this roster. Yeah, but he fits for all the reasons you just mentioned. I yeah. mean, the leadership is a big deal here. That gap and that void from guys like Strawman and Beagle, potentially Lad. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But he's going to fill that gap, and he's a guy that's put up points and played with the best player in the world. He played with with McDavid and Edmonton, where he was able to put up some points. I think he fits in, and and I think he's a guy that can make this roster, and not just as offensive upside. He's six foot four, over two hundred pounds, and that's again kind of falls into what what Bill Armstrong wants. To do. It's a big team checks a lot of boxes, you know. And I keep talking about Chason, Bugstead, Cassian, and Richie. Oh boy, yeah. Let's throw these guys over the board. Yeah, we're yeah. not expecting the team to win a ton, but they're not going to make it easy for... They're a big be a hard team yeah. to play against. And that's, what, and that's what Bill Armstrong yeah. has been saying this yeah. whole time. You know, even though this is rebuild mode, it's they don't want to make yeah. it easy and they want to have that compete. And that's what, you know, a lot of these players have. Um, last note that we'll talk about from the neutral zone, which, by the way, there's so much more in there. So please do check it out. But Jason Demers... Speaking uh, of PTOs, yeah. Yeah, speaking of PTOs, has signed one with the Edmonton Oilers. And Craig had the opportunity to catch up with JD and hear not just about this opportunity and what he's done to get to this point where he has an opportunity to play another NHL game, but his crazy journey last season being in Russia, the start of the war. Um, so definitely read that whole thing. But Craig, what what are some notes from your conversation? Yeah, I don't want to give away too much, yeah. but but yeah, you you touched on the key points there. It's it was interesting to hear Jason Demers talk about his his final season here in Arizona and how difficult it was for him with the coaching staff and wanting to reach a game milestone of 700. He clearly didn't get there. He's one game shy. So maybe he gets that opportunity in Edmonton and it's a pretty good place to, to play. If you're just 
trying to get pucks up to uh, certain forwards, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl in particular. But his story was just insane. He didn't get any offers in the league. He had to he had to get some work done on his body too. He had back issues. He also talked about having some mental issues that he had to work through. So he goes and plays in the Channel One Cup in Russia while they're there. He's getting offers to play in the KHL, so he, he accepts an offer to play in the KHL. He plays in the Olympics. Uh, the, the season gets stalled in the KHL after five games. He goes back to Switzerland, is doing nothing for a month, waiting for the Olympic team to come. And then he finally goes back for the playoffs for the KHL, and the war breaks out. So yeah. wild year for Jason Demers, but he's back in North America. He's He was skating up in Scottsdale. We saw him, saw him up there. Um, but... His his goal all along, he's wanted to get back to the NHL. He still thinks he has something in the tank. We'll see. He knows Jay Woodcroft. Um, he was his, one of his coaches for six years in San Jose. He's going to get that opportunity, and that's really all that he wanted. Yeah, he's sitting at 699 in total games played. He wants yeah. to get that 700. He does. So let's, let's hope he has a good camp and he comes in in shape, ready to play. Experienced veteran right-handed defensemen are hard to come by, so let's hope he can find a home uh, up in Edmonton. Yep, absolutely. Best of luck to to JD, friend of the program. Friend of the program. <laughs> it feels like a lot of people are these days. PD, what are you drinking right now? You know what? And I I, I remiss because yesterday I wanted to get a beer before the show started, and I didn't. Today I said absolutely going to get a beer before the show and started. And I even said it ten minutes before. I know. Sometimes I just don't think in a straight line. So I didn't get that done either. And as soon as the show started, I go, I forgot my beer. And and luckily Jacob, um, (laughs) our head producer production, I don't know, is he a VP or whatever? He's a a big wheel here at PHA, brought me a beer. And so now I am drinking my Four Peaks Wow, the little bit of citrus Perfect, Perfect for 11 a.m. Craig is drinking water, but out of his Four Peaks glass. I am, yeah. I, I thought a beer would have put me under today, and I don't want to get, go off on a, an airline rant, but uh, maybe that's for another it, day. But it, it involves flying to Montreal and how that is cursed. But like we said, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. Um, but we'll actually be out at Four Peaks this Sunday, the 18th, for a the Arizona Cardinals watch party at Four Peaks at 12:30. Enjoy drink specials, Cardinals ticket. Giveaways, literally, you show up, you get a raffle ticket. So your odds of winning are pretty good. And you can watch the game on a 220-inch screen experience. Check out the link in the descriptions. It's just $5 a ticket, and that gets you a beer as well. Um, You must be 21 or older and enjoy Four Peaks responsibly. I'm going to pick up some Four Peaks on my way home for the weekend ahead. And we talk about our new studio all the time and how amazing it is. We were, was it you or Craig? Oh, Petey was hyping up the office chairs uh, in here because they're super comfortable. And that's courtesy of more. Um, more Furniture outfitted our entire new studio. It's super nice. If you watched the show yesterday with Javier Gutierrez, which I hope you did, it was a phenomenal interview. The chairs that Petey and Craig were Petey has feet up, I think, part were, of it. Uh, yeah, it was good. It's fan- more. Can't wait for the first postgame show. I'll put my feet up and have a beer. I Absolutely. had my pillow on Southwest Bias. I did see Craig mm-hmm. defeated Derek on Southwest Bias. If you yeah. missed that. I, well. I, did you miss that? Uh, when I defeated Derek Montilla on, on <laughs> Southwest Bias. Maybe you want to go back and watch that. Definitely go back and watch. Um, and if you need some new furniture for your home or your office, check out more furniture's fall sale at morefurniture.com all right it's our final friday segment and we're only going to do it for a couple more weeks because once the season starts we're gonna retire some of our summer segments but it's weekend binge yeah. and i know pd is really i'll go first because oh, i'm short okay why don't you go first no, i'll go first because that'll be short unprepared. No, I'm not prepared. I, it's just short. I, like i like to have that list i like to have a graphic i like to have a movie and as i i got nothing it's craig's fault because I swear to God, we say- talked about the bear for three weeks straight. And I, I sincerely thought, remember the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and the bear chased him, the revenant or yeah. whatever that was. So in my head, every time he talked, I just shut off. And I was <laughs> I was running that movie in my head. No offense, Craig, but I did. So in my head, I'm watching a guy in the woods running from a bear. That's what I had. Oh my Literally God. for weeks. Then I see the trailer. Turns out that's not what it's no, about. No, not even close. Not what the bear is about. The bear is about a restaurant in Chicago. I didn't know because I didn't pay attention. Money. Absolutely money. And if anybody's ever worked in a in a service industry, specifically in a restaurant, this is the vibe. That is work every day in a kitchen. I don't care if you're at a high-end restaurant or if you're working at a fast food joint. That's the vibe. It is buzzing. And that show captures it perfectly. 
And the writing is unbelievable. Acting's phenomenal. If you haven't seen The Bear because you thought it was about an animal in the woods, it is not. Petey, I promise you not a single person thought it was about a bear. The funniest part about you saying uh, it takes place in Chicago is that's been like the bulk of Craig's bringing up the bear every time. It's like, it's in Chicago. I know some of the spaces. Yeah. Like, every single time it's come up. And they capture that Chicago <laughs> essence. It's money. And God. Sean, didn't hear a word you said. And I'm I... watching the season finale tonight. <laughs> I swear to God, we've talked about the bear on this show more than any other thing. But you guys, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to get off the weekend binge, but you guys don't understand how my brain works. It doesn't go, like, from here to there. It just, it's like this. There's bu- It's buzzing. Like, I got five things I'm thinking about right now. And sometimes it's not what Craig's talking about. That's all. <laughs> so basically you're admitting to ignoring Craig. Yes. All right. That tracks to the, the fact bear. that you don't oh, read our good. season finale. Oh, that's good stuff. Tonight. All right. I'll go next. It's not Love Island UK for once. Um, Where's the applause button? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> not Love Island UK. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> all right. I have two. One I'm really behind on, so I'm sorry if everyone's already watched this, but um, on Hulu, Under the Banner of Heaven, it's about the murder of a woman and her child in the 80s. Um, It's the Mormon community in Salt Lake City, and it's based on a true story, the investigation of this crime, and one of the detectives is Mormon, and he kind of- Is that Andrew Garfield? Andrew Garfield. I've been eyeballing that, actually. It's phenomenal, and and he's Mormon himself, so now he's kind of- have at odds with his own religion. It's very fascinating. Um, So if you like true crime, true stories, but also some more, you know, depthful things about that, those religious, Mm -hmm. you know, influences, it's a really good show, phenomenal acting. I've been watching that. I have one episode left, so I'm going to finish that hopefully tonight. Um, And my other one also on Hulu, and this might also be Craig, so sorry if I'm stealing yours, but The Handmaid's Tale is back. It's back. And that's a phenomenal, phenomenal show. I need to go watch a recap, though, because it feels like it's been forever. But there's already two episodes out on Hulu. uh, The first two of... I haven't watched them yet. So Under the Banner of Heaven and... uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale, which are both very dark and very, you know, That's an bigger picture. Right <laughs> the, the United States and religion shows. So. Yeah, not at all timely. Um, moving on. Yes, I'm also watching The Handmaid's Tale. A couple more. And this is real. isn't really the weekend because it comes out next week, but Star Wars Andor. And oh, I'm, yeah. That's coming out next week. And, and Pete is rolling his eyes here asking if oh, I'm so like, excited. I asked for his action. Yeah. Did you have the lunchbox in today? So here's like, the thing about geez. Star Wars. I, I Obviously, I watched it a long time ago and, and became yeah, a fan. Yeah, when I was and 10. Here's a truth about Star Wars that's hard to admit, but, but it is true. The acting in Star Wars has never been very good in any of the spinoffs. Like even in like The Mandalorian, if you look at it, Pedro Pascal, who was unbelievable in Game of Thrones as the Prince of Dorne, they, sub- they somehow at- muted him. So he's just Are like, you speaking English right now? Kind of dull. I think that the, the, the fact what? that the he who? conveys emotion when you can't see his face is phenomenal. His dead. I've what? always felt like the the acting in the Star Wars movies was not that great, but I didn't care. I'm still going to watch it. I still like them, and I'm still going to watch this. The other thing that I'm watching with my kids is Solar Opposites. Is the guys that were behind Rick and Morty. They have another, and it's about aliens that come to Earth. Are you watching this? I have not yet, but okay. I do want to because I do love Rick and really Morty. Funny, I just have so. to say, PD is giving like it's like he's like a jock at Comic Con. Like he's like all these all these people are nerds, but he's also outnumbered, so there's nothing he can yeah, really no, do about do. it. Just your dragons and stuff. Yeah, cool. Wow, hating on the thing that millions no, I, of people around the world I sat the in the front loves. row in You're 1977 so cool. a dozen times to watch that movie like this. I'm 54. Like, it, at so? some point, I cut the cord and so? I threw out the figures. Who? <laughs> like, buddy. And, and we're, and, and beyond that, we're talking about the, act, the acting? It's it's Darth Vader. It's acting? It's the action. That's my point, dude. There was is. It's action. Exactly. That's it. It's action. And that's on the acting. But there were, you know, you got Harrison Ford. So you you got occasional people who can act. But then you have like Mark Hamill was terrible. He couldn't act at all. As Luke Skywalker. But we all love him. All time. Like HK. Like the Academy Award goes to like Princess Leia. No. No. Yeah. HK. Exactly. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's for fun. Still got to believe the characters, Petey. Come on. Acting is a critical part of a movie. Maybe not for you. Maybe you just like explosions. Maybe you just like, like maybe you're into the Fast no, and Furious chain. I don't I know. tune in for the, the, the <laughs> incredible acting performance and depth of, yeah, of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I didn't. Oh, now, Sir Alec Annis, there's a guy who can yeah, act. Who didn't want to do See? the role, by the way. My weekend binge is Welcome to Wrexham. 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I want to watch that. Oh, it's actually very good. I need it. I'm, I'm on the list. Like a, an episode or two behind, I think. It's very fascinating. Money? Yeah, I was just trying okay. to get Leah. I'm on the list. Hand the reins back to Thank Leah. You. As you were, I do sorry. want to watch that. <laughs> the quiet thing. But it is, it, it is very done. good. Okay. Yeah, going to rent further. No, I'm good. We're, we're done. We do you have to... any like strong held beliefs about Americans owning British soccer teams? No, I'm all, I want to see it. It's on the list. <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> Got it. I'm in. Yeah, we'll just won a ton of Emmys, yeah, too. So. Watch the Emmys. Well, that's our weekend binge segment. That one got a little bit out of hand. Um, this has been a fun show today. Fantasy Friday here on the PHNX Coyotes podcast, not the PHNX Sports podcast. You can watch the Phoenix Sports podcast, though, at 1230 if you stay tuned on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. I do have one more thing. Oh, God. No, because the Coyotes PR just reached out to me, too. Oh. And we've talked about it Oh, you the got the, last some streaming days. info? So we've been waiting for the final streaming info for the rookie uh, face-off in San Jose. Games will be streamed. They will be streamed. Just got the confirmation. You can go to ArizonaCoyotes.com. You can look at anything. Patrick Brown is doing a game preview. There will be a link in Patrick Brown's game preview. And also on the ArizonaCoyotes.com, we will get the link and tweet it out from yeah. our Twitter account um, before the game starts today. And who's going to be calling those games, Petey? Bob the Heathouse. legendary Bob Heathouse. Yeah, so yeah, I know he's excited to, to get on. Not a friend of the show, by the way. No, we tried. We he won't tried. Just keep he said he's us. got. He said, why him? We're just going to put it in the universe out there. Bob Heathouse is stiffing us. He's, he's stiffing <laughs> so us. we'll get that link to you. And if you can't find it, ArizonaCoyotes.com or Patrick Brown will have it in his story. But the games start today at 430 against the Vegas Golden Knights. So keep an eye on the rookies all weekend long. Absolutely. And like we said, check out Craig's Neutral Zone at GoPHNX.com. Become a member. There's been some really great stories on the website this week. Mm -hmm. um, Gerald's done and Espo have done an amazing job covering the whole situation with Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns. So please become a member. Join our family. You get a shirt from Locker when you sign up like these ones. Um, you can join our members only Discord and not just the Coyotes Discord. It gets you access to all the discords for all the teams. Um, it's, it's a really fun place to be. So please become a member. Join our family. We appreciate having everybody. I think that's it for us. We're going to head out. But if you stay tuned on the YouTube, stay tuned for bets starting in a couple minutes here at noon. Anything else for no, me? That's it. I'm good. I'm out. All right. We'll have be back. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah, have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday on the PHX Sports YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Our usual time. Until then, please like and subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll see you next week.